Well, let's let's go to Chris Cheeksent Mihai now, and uh, uh, and we'll, we're going to hear about some of his uh, experiments with uh, mechanization and why he thinks uh, maybe the human DJ might be obsolete or extinct sometime soon. If you'd like to join us, our conversation about acoustic music and purely man-made music against electronics and machines or some kind of hybrid of these two, give us a call, 888-895-5727. And uh, Chris Cheek sent me hi. Are you there? Yes, I am. Good evening. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, Maxime is from Canada, and you're in Ontario, but you're in Ontario, California. Yeah, just for the evening. (laughs) Well, now, I'm sure that, uh, like any artist, you like to stir the pot a bit, but what about... uh, what about this quote about DJs? I got to find this thing here in the UT this morning. They quote you as saying DJs are lazy, they sleep late, are addicted to cocaine, and spread sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> I think you probably have a pretty good sense of humor. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe they made up the quote. No, 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 I know the quote. I'm not sure what you mean by a sense of humor. I mean, these are all absolutely factual statements. Um, DJs, uh, well, now how can you say that? Along with professional surfers, are a uh, really unique breed of people who, um, by the age of 19 you know, or 20 years old, uh, achieve a level of kind of material success in our culture that's really unmatched. I mean, they fly all over the world. They go to kind of a uh, party after party. It's a really remarkable lifestyle. It Frankly, sounds I'm like quite you're, just, jealous. you're just, I knew it, see? I, <laughs> I got the read on that right away. You're no, just no, jealous. Absolutely. I'm completely jealous, okay. and I can't do that because, you know, I, I, I devoted my life to academia. I'm, you know, 30, 34 years old. I'm beginning to bald, you know, so I can't really compete at that level. But what I can do is essentially build a machine which can replace them. If you were, weren't <laughs> wasting your time in your bedroom and you had a surfboard, think where you'd be today. Yeah, well, absolutely. I do have a surfboard, but that's a whole other story. Well, now, <laughs> tell, tell us about this whole DJI robot uh, setup where uh, you actually do some of what uh, a really good turntablist does, but without a person. Right. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, I was watching uh, the DJ community and, and trying to pay attention to some of the trends that were happening. And what I was noticing is that technologically, DJing hasn't changed much since um, the mid-1970s when the industry standard turntable uh, uh, was first put out by Techniques. And, and basically, people just keep coming out with one after another version of the turntable. And for a while, people weren't even making it at all. Companies like Panasonic and Sony stopped making turntables because, of course, the manifest destiny at that time was that digital would replace analog, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there wouldn't be any room left for records. But uh, around the late 1960s, early 70s, in the ghettos of New York, some people started misusing these really delicate things that your parents always told you not to touch on the surface, and you had to (laughs) hold them from the edges because you didn't want finger oil to get in the grooves and stuff like this. But somewhere in in the Bronx and Brooklyn, people started going, wrecker, wrecker, wrecker and making these kind of really unique, uh, previously unheard sounds with the records uh, and developing a new musical style. And as a result of that, for the last seven years, turntable sales have been increasing. And apparently in the U.K., this is, um, I, I have no idea if this is true or not, but the, the rumor is that turntables are outselling electric guitars by about two to one. I'm not surprised. No, I don't know about that. But so it's a, it's a, a very interesting phenomenon. It's this huge, huge kind of market for turntables now. Um, their sales have been increasing dramatically. Um, there's all these new companies developing new turntable technologies. But what's interesting is that most of them, apart from the regular turntables, they're trying to create, again, systems that digitally replace analog. And that, to me, is a little bit like saying the only thing wrong with violin music is the violins, (laughs) because DJing would never have existed if it weren't for vinyl. And 
vinyl has all sorts of values apart from its, you know, its analog qualities, the fact that it might have belonged to your grandmother at one point or that you found it in a fantastic garage sale. And you don't really have that with MP3 files where you might have gotten it from, you know, someone in, in the Philippines without even knowing it. So, um, so it for me, what I wanted to develop was essentially an analog system um, that made a different mistake than all these companies are trying to make. And uh-huh. so rather than replace the, uh, the records, I decided that I would replace the DJ. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's to give people some idea of the sound that you're working with. We have uh, we have a recording of of you testing some of your equipment. And a bit later, we're going to hear the uh, the mixed finished product. But here is Chris Cheek sent me high with his DJ iRobot setup. Okay, backspin test. Let's try it on the zero to the one. And one to the two. Somewhere just past there where I think Spock's head explodes, right? Yeah. That's Chris Cheek sent me hi, and uh, he's testing DJI Robot, and a bit later we're going to hear the finished mixed product after the testing, and Chris is coming to town for the Electroacoustic Music Festival this Friday and Saturday right here at San Diego State University. And Chris, I saw some video of this machinery, the three, I guess, three turntables and all the mechanical equipment that um, that makes it all work. And I wonder, do you see this as a legitimate DJ for a, a dance or club scene, or is it really more in the realm of, uh, I don't know, visual art, performance art, uh, kinetic sculpture or something? Well, um, I'm happy to say that we haven't done any weddings yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, Michael if I would have known <laughs> in the, uh, June, that's the turntable. But uh, but what what I'm hoping, uh, you know, our kind of stated uh, objectives for the project is to win the uh, international DMC competition, which is the ultimate uh, DJ competition by the year 2005. So. Essentially, I've tried to restage the deep blue controversy in the world of hip hop and and create this kind of artificial system that can beat the you know the best uh, human DJ. So uh, I guess if IBM can do it in chess, then you know you could maybe do it in DJing. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Well, so how how will what DJI Robot produces compare with what some you know I don't know DJ Shadow would 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 produce? I mean, will we be able to? distinguish something about about one or the other that will tell us instantly one's human and the other's iRobot? Well, right now, uh, you can tell iRobot because it sounds worse. Um, so uh, <laughs> it, the system is, is in a fairly early stage. Okay. Uh, we're, we're at version about 1.7b, um, where we're able to do a variety of things that DJs can do. So, for instance, uh, one uh, a computer science graduate student who's working on the project recently developed a system that can listen to a human DJ uh, essentially sample, uh, digitally sample the sound of the human DJ 
and then use a fast Fourier transform to follow what the DJ had just scratched, and then uh, it allows us to then uh, fabricate and output that scratch on our system. So in, in, for instance, a DJ battle, we can listen to the other DJ and immediately throw back at them whatever skills they wow. just used. Well, just um, so, and just so people don't, people who are listening don't think that um, we're talking with some guys that are kind of fooling around with turntables. It's at a much different level than that. You're an assistant professor in the MIT Media Lab, and I wonder if you could give us some idea of, of, of what your role is there and what kinds of madness and experimentation go on there. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm running a, a research group called Computing Culture, which is trying to understand some of the relationship between how technologies are made uh, and how our society works. We, we tend to have a very limited idea of how technologies come about. People tend to think that they come from almost some kind of platonic dimension. You know, oh, wow, look what just came out. How did that happen? Where did that come from? <laughs> and uh, our group is trying to do a little bit of a closer analysis of how technologies get made and, and sort of the culture of, of scientists and engineers who produce new technologies, and then to look at what they're missing. Because uh, like any culture, they have their preferences and their tendencies. And so what we're trying to do is marshal a variety of people from slightly different backgrounds to produce some of the technologies that uh, scientists and engineers so, wouldn't necessarily Yeah, so make. the technology of the scientists and engineers could be kind of a, an inbred or insular culture that, you know, they may be able to produce the stuff, but it may take some other people, say, some really creative artists to figure out what to do with it. Right. So, for instance, one of my students is looking at the fact that uh, the entire kind of field of robotics and information gathering tends to be funded primarily by DARPA and, and the Defense uh, Department mm -hmm. and a variety of kind of structures that are these kind of massive behemoth systems that produce, you know, new robots that uh, can look for al-Qaeda people in, uh, in Tora Bora. But, um, but those same kinds of technologies aren't being used to service other members of the community. So this, this student, for instance, is developing uh, handheld systems to track security cameras in Manhattan uh, so that activists can be aware of where there are security cameras. And mm. in fact, kind of like MapQuest wow. or one of these online mapping systems, they can enter where they are, where they want to go, and it'll chart for them the path of least surveillance. You know, it sounds to me like if those guys at CSI were really smart, instead of doing CSI Miami, they would have gotten together with you, and they would have had a lot more interesting show. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Let, you know, let's hear, Chris, let's hear the uh, the finished product of what uh, came to be of the sound tests we just heard a few minutes ago with your DJI robot, and this is the finished mixed result of Chris Cheeksent Mihai's DJI robot. Cool. 
Chris, that's cool. Actually, I, don't, I should I don't... mention that's a remix of uh, DJ Spooky's DJ... new album, uh, yeah. Optometry. So this is a, a remix that we're doing that's going to appear on his uh, uh, single uh, Optometry track from the, the album, also called Optometry. He, he likes this enough that he asked you to remix his stuff, right? Yeah, the, the DJs seem to fall into two camps, ones who uh, are working with us. So uh, DJ Spooky, for instance, or uh, Cold Cut, the, the guys who founded Ninja Tune, uh, or, or the ones who are sending us death threats in a... Um, so, uh, I, have, I have my own uh, I have my own ideas about who's going to survive into the next generation. Well, now one interesting thing about your iRobot concept is, if you go see a human DJ, these a lot of these turntablist guys are guys who are obsessive collectors of vinyl, and they they collect vinyl by the pile by the day, and they bring new vinyl, fresh vinyl every time they do a gig. Now, how how does your iRobot replicate a human who has certain taste and a certain variety of vinyl that he or she chooses in a certain order depending on his or her mood or or is the human irrelevant to the end result uh well actually so here here's where the the whole thing falls apart like a house of cards to to be able to to do the digging that you're talking about the finding particular songs and then reading a crowd and judging how they feel feel and things like this that would require a, a pretty high level of intelligence about musical style about um, you know what people are interested in a nightclub uh, and, and developing you know a kind of a personal musical taste and the robot can't do any of that and in fact there's no robot that I know of that can do any of that there's no artificial intelligence system that uh, actually can simulate uh, a human's individual t- sense of taste and discretion and, and appreciation and well, so there are lots of people it, who say there are AIs that do that but uh, but I have yet to see one that is remotely convincing AIs meaning artificial intelligence right um, right and if if I go out to a club of an evening and and all we've got is DJI robot then if DJI robot is mixing a set are we stuck with the vinyl that's on the turntables well, typically what I'll do is I'll run behind it with an oil can and a soldering iron and a, a few <laughs> few um, records and just be kind of throwing them on the different oh. platters and a uh, uh, kind of essentially my my job during a performance is sort of a machine operator um, well so there is the performance aspect I mean this almost sounds like a mix of you know eons in the future and the Wizard of Oz right Okay, you've got it. Um, don't look behind the curtain, whatever you do. Uh, the, we, we right now are operating the DJ in um, uh, assisted mode, operator-assisted mode, or what we call uh, CAJ system, computer-assisted DJ. Uh, in fact, uh, we're, we're hoping by uh, spring of next year to develop uh, another 15 or 16 platters. We can expand the system up to 128 platters easily, wow. um, what would be the world's first kind of random access orchestra like that. So, uh, okay. so at that point, we're hoping it'll develop a little bit more autonomy. Uh, just out of curiosity, how did you get off in this direction in the first place? I mean, do you come from a, a scientific background, a musical background? Were you in a garage band? Uh... No, absolutely not. When I was uh, when I was in my teens, I was involved in the uh, uh, kind of in- incipient house movement in Chicago. Uh, then I, you know, kind of went down the dark path of uh, both academia and arts, and ended up uh, actually getting a graduate degree at UC San Diego in the visual arts department there. Ah. Um, and there are some remarkable people working in music. People like uh, Professor George Lewis, who's of a course. jazz musician who's developed you know computer music systems based on the African American traditions of improvisation. So I was I was heavily influenced by that kind of work. Um, but it definitely uh, is as much of a conceptual piece. So uh, uh, it's, it's, in fact, in many ways more of a conceptual piece than a musical piece, which those two are, will come out Friday night. We'll be sure to hear. Okay, excellent. So it'll be a spectacle as well as a, a visual spectacle. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you got to be in pretty good shape. Uh, you got to have some speed there and, and have the running shoes on, I guess. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a famous uh, story of John Henry. Uh, uh, there's there's folk songs about this uh, uh, former slave who was uh, uh, the victim of a, a 19th century marketing campaign. What would happen in the early steam era is that marketers would come into a town with a new steam shovel and challenge the strongest man or the strongest ox to a competition. Right. Um, John Henry was, uh, you know, the unwitting uh, shill who, who agreed to, to challenge the steam engine, and he wrestled with it and, and, you know, worked as hard as the machine did and ended up beating it, but then immediately after he lay down dead. And um, that's why we're calling the system the DJ Killer app. Uh, it's It's basically a... Uh, we're hoping to restage that uh, with with contemporary well, so, DJs. So, so I mean, really, what you should do is you should get HBO to do the you know the the thriller in Manila with you and uh, <laughs> oh, and I, a I DJ. Wish Don King would would notice the project. That See, would I be think <laughs> with the state of heavyweight boxing these days, I think uh-huh. this your your concept has a lot more merit. It's rock and sock and robots, basically. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, we're talking about all kinds of experimental music tonight, and hearing. A lot of it, the International Electroacoustic Music Festival is on 5727, and we do have a call here. Let's get the uh, the opinion of Karen in University Heights. Karen, what do you think? As far as I'm concerned, a DJ, uh, well, they used to be those hardworking men and women who gave us what we wanted to hear on the radio, uh, music-wise, and who are being recre- replaced in um, pretty much... Uh, monstrous numbers yeah right here in san diego oh right here in san diego yeah. yay clear channel um no i i don't like this electronic stuff i don't like record scratching i if i if somebody ever did that to one of my records i'd punch him <laughs> <laughs> well now i let's 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 distinguish here because actually i mean we're talking you mentioned two actually very different things in the same sentence there we have mm. Uh, DJI robot is a, a mechanized take on the human DJ, and then we have human DJs who I would think would be more along the lines of what you like because they have the human element, but they, you know, they they mix vinyl on on a couple of turntables. And you're you, you so you don't like either one. You don't care if it's a human or a robot. Um, I don't like DJs in that clubs. I like live bands. I'm curious whether Chris, are are you still there? Yes, I am. I'm curious if you know, given the mechanized nature of your DJ. I robot. Have you ever fooled around with some of the old vintage stuff, like what we're talking about? Uh, cutting lathes and things like this, yes. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was uh, uh, funding a, a, a mechanical engineer working in my department to try to develop an inexpensive contemporary cutting lathe that uh, would cost about $400 and would cut off of MP3 files because, in fact, the number of uh, cutting agencies, the number of factories that actually produce vinyl records now is getting smaller and smaller. Um, and I, I'm, I'm worried that that could be a, a potentially bad thing to DJs. Every once in a while when you're in New York, you'll see a car drive by with a little bumper sticker that says, Save the Vinyl. Uh, and so that was kind of our project, was to develop a really inexpensive cutter system that would allow people to cut conveniently off of their computer. So, yeah, yeah there's, I'm there's familiar a, all with this it. debate about um, <clears throat> digital sound and, and CDs mm. and MP3s versus vinyl and the old uh, analog equipment now when you say you know the death of vinyl is that bad news because you wouldn't have vinyl to spin backwards and forwards or is it bad news because the sound quality of vinyl is is different in some way 
Well, I, I'm I'm all for diversity, right? So I think there there are some differences in the sound quality of vinyl. Uh, the clicks and the pops, I frankly love. Um, I have all these old Beatles tapes from growing up, where the uh, uh, number six Jeffrey bus used to pass outside my house on the south side of Chicago, <laughs> yeah. and so it would skip across the record. And me and my brother have the songs memorized with those skips in them. You know, so well, it's true when you think of somebody like a, a Beck, you know, that takes uh, a, a fair amount of um, sophisticated blending, but he he puts the skips back in there. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of people are doing that. So so that's part of it. But then in terms of the spinning back and forth, I think that's really important. Um, uh, DJ culture is uh, uh, a really interesting moment in music where uh, there's a, a sort of a attempt to do what are often considered the hallmarks of the digital, which are the copy and the paste. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was happening in DJing before PCs came out and made those kind of household words. And um, so I think it's a kind of an amazing moment where uh, really before the computer made those things uh, as, as seamless and possible that we do it every day with word processors or Excel spreadsheets or photo photo software. Uh, people were doing that with music, and, and it was really the tangibility, the fact that they could reach and touch the vinyl and look at the information on it that allowed that uh, art form. Well, to it, it sure ruined the idea of album art, didn't it? Um, uh, digital, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it took absolutely. the canvas for the album art down yeah. to about less than a quarter of the size. And now, now <laughs> 10 years after it did that, it's beginning to threaten ideas of intellectual property. <laughs> yeah. I should get in here, if I could, and just to point out that not everything on the festival has to do with DJ culture at all. I mean, absolutely. it's yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, a yeah, variety yeah. of things coming from, <laughs> so it's really it's, the out-of-the-box festival. I like that festival. because it's, I mean, it sounds like a very specific kind of academia term, electroacoustic, but actually this is a very open uh, array of music here. Exactly, and the, the reason, the choice of the word electroacoustic uh, is to, is to exp- oh, my headphones are going out. Let's take a quick call from Paul out in Escondido. Thanks for waiting, Paul. Hey, hey, no problem. Actually, I made it to uh, the parking lot of Albertsons now. So. Oh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> good. Just well, kinda, what's, um, what's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Actually, my wife asked me to pick up some milk for the kids. So. Okay, you're a good guy. <laughs> uh, my question, I think, goes to, to Chris about the iBot. Um, uh, I'm very familiar with MIT stuff, um, yeah. and I, I guess sort of like my question is, how come, you know, of course, with the development of technology, how come we're so obsessed with replacing the human and the human element in so many different things? You know, I think that's one thing that, of course, so many people enjoy about music is, is the human element. 